Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Hello everyone, so good to be with you. I'm Toby and we are continuing on in our series in James. Um, I can't quite remember uh, what it was called, uh, this series though, um, but there you go. Um, as I say, we're in our, our third uh, in this series and special greetings to you uh, wherever you're watching from right now. But a very special greeting to you if you are watching from Hove, the Hove site. Good to see you there. Is that Oasis? Yeah, the guys in the Oasis are there. Give me a wave. So good to be with all of you uh, this morning. As I say, we are in our third message in James. And, and if I were to describe... Uh, the book of James as a beverage, I would describe the book of James as a shot of vodka. As a shot of vodka. Why? Because the book of James is strong, it's feisty, uh, yet it's warm-hearted. And uh, I really actually hope that this is what this message would be this morning, that it would be strong, feisty, and warm-hearted. Uh, so, so buckle your, your seatbelts. Uh, James, James really is this strange mix as a letter of, of really telling it as it is, uh, being full of imperatives, um, yet with these continual addresses of warmth, uh, with James referring to his readers as brothers, even beloved brothers, just over and over and over and over again uh, through his letter. Uh, meaning that if I were to summarise the book of James in one phrase, and especially this little chunk of, of scripture that we've just read, had read for us, it would be, be doers of the word. Be doers of the word. Uh, bringing it into the modern day, uh, it would be just do it uh, without, the, without the swoosh. Uh, that is to say that if you are a believer in Jesus, don't just hear preachers, do the preachers. Uh, follow through on the word of God that is preached. And, and, and really, uh, James here is a pretty simple book to understand and this passage is again fairly clear in what it's saying to the point where as a preacher you kind of scratch your head and think well what what he said and that's the that's the kind of the problem in a sense with with this because the problem isn't so much when we don't understand but when we do because when we do understand scripture it, it, we're confronted with a decision Will I or obey or won't I? 
You certainly can't read the book of James and say, I'll pray about it. And James writes one book of the Bible, one book. And he, he, with this one book, you, you can imagine him thinking, right, what, what am I going to emphasize as I'm writing to this, this kind of group of people? And he emphasizes, obviously, this, this issue of being a doer of the word. And it, it stands to reason. You, you kind of start to get that James grew up in the same house as Jesus, the Lord Jesus, because Jesus was James's older brother and James was one of Jesus's younger brothers. They had the same biological mother. And, and the reason that James emphasizes this kind of being a doer of the word is because that was very much the emphasis of his brother. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. John chapter 13. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does, does the will of my Father. Matthew chapter 7. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Matthew chapter 12. Blessed rather are those who hear the word and do it. Luke chapter 11. And in Matthew chapter 7, he, Jesus speaks of the one who uh, hears these words of mine, yet does not do them. Uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus spoke about this all the time. And he didn't just speak about it. Uh, he told parables about it. Because we see the same message in the parable of the dishonest servant. Uh, we see the same message in the parable of the wheat and tares. We see the same message in the parable of the sower. We see the same message in the parable of the ten virgins. We see the same message in the parable of the talents. We see the same message in the parable of the ten minors. Time would fail me to talk about its references in the, in the writings of Paul. Time would fail me to talk about its references in amongst the other New Testament writers. Time would fail me to talk about it being right at the heart of the Old Testament. With it being key... In the very beginning, Genesis chapter 3, to the fall of humanity. Time would fail me to talk about how it was the continual and perennial fatal flaw of the Old Testament people of God, Israel. Time would fail me to talk about how it's much the subject of a whole book of the Bible here in the book of James. That is to say that this issue of being a doer of the word, following through on the word of God is arguably the Bible's most taught idea. And, and, and the devil gets it. Did you know that? Because whether it's by commission or omission, omission uh, being when we hear the word preached uh, and uh, we have kind of good intentions, but we fail to follow through. Uh, and and co-mission uh, being when we actively uh, suppress the word, uh, when we uh, kind of want to put the word to the back of our minds and sweep it under the rug. Whether by co-mission or omission, uh, the Bible says that where the word is sown, Satan seeks to immediately take away the word that was sown. Satan, he's looking to do all he can to stop you from doing the word of God. It's a key ministry of his. It's, it's where he stations himself. It's where he, he parks his wagon. Uh, clearly, there's a lot at stake here. If Jesus is talking about it, the Bible's talking about it, the devil's got a ministry right there. 
this isn't neutral stuff. And it's important to know that there is a spiritual dynamic to, that would seek to prevent us from doing the word. But as well as there being a spiritual kind of reality trying to stop us from doing the word of God, there's also a cultural one as well. A hindrance, if you like. Every culture will have its hindrances, and our culture is no different. And we see this in kind of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, where the Apostle Paul does cultural work on two cultures that he knows particularly well. The Jewish culture and the Greek culture of his day. And in, in, in that chapter, it says this. It says of the Jews and the Greeks, it says, Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. That is to say that the Jews of the day, they were looking for impact and the, the Greeks of the day were looking for insight. The Jews were about the, the power game, the signs, the wonders, the miracles uh, the, the Greeks, on the other hand, they were more about the, the intellectual game. Uh, they were about ideas. They were about insights. They were about uh, oratory skills. And the reality is that every single culture in the world will, will, will kind of be, or bend, uh, via to one of these two kind of extremes, I suppose. And perhaps it comes as no surprise to you that our culture, this Bright Brightonian culture, the culture in, in Hove, North Hove, uh, Shoreham, uh, the east of Brighton, where I live, the, our culture tends to be more Greek in its thinking, more Greek in its, in its bent, because we very much seek uh, wisdom and we love, and we love debate. Uh, but the, the, while that has several advantages, uh, James... James says to us here, be, be doers of the word and not hearers only. The reality is, though, being a part of the culture, just, just by being a part of it, uh, we are far more likely to be debaters of the word as opposed to doers of the word. Uh, we're far more likely to set up a website we're far more likely to, to be bloggers of the word, to, to read a new perspective on the word, to, to set up a comment section on the word and then go on Facebook and argue about the Greek. And, and look, we've just, got to be, we've just got to be real about it. We've just got to understand that as, as well as there being a, a spiritual kind of impact, if you like, stopping us to, seeking to stop us doing the word of God, there may be cultural hindrances as well. And we do well to be real about that. And James here, he, 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 does, he does speak into cultures <laughs> with forthrightness, appropriate uh, forthrightness, uh, because he, he then goes on to give some practical examples of what it looks like to do the word. And this is what he says. He says this, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And I suppose you could say, well, where's the sharp insight there? 
I mean, visit orphans and widows. Like a few people in in our culture are going to say, do you know what? The, forget the, the the big businesses not paying enough tax. Forget the industries pumping out unacceptable levels of greenhouse gases. Uh, the real problem with the world are the orphans and all the porridge that they eat. Very few people in our culture would say that, uh, particularly with our culture being a culture that is increasingly defined by an emphasis on social justice. But if that's all you heard that I read out just then, perhaps, perhaps you've drunk the Kool-Aid of our culture more than you think. Uh, because actually that was only half of what James said. If he thought, oh yeah, orphans and widows, actually James said, that, that was half. <laughs> let, me re- let me just read the whole thing again. This is what James says. He says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. To keep oneself unstained from the world. And with James, when James speaks of keeping oneself unstained from the world, he's not talking about living in a monastery. He's not talking about holding up God hates signs. He's not talking about living on a farm with no electricity, dressed in clothes from the 1820s. What James is talking about here is, is, is living lives of, of purity whilst remaining meaningfully connected with others. That's what he's talking about here. Uh, put simply, in amongst other things, and, 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 and to be frank, uh, James is saying that matters of justice are not more or less important than matters of genitals. James is saying here that we cannot march in protest at other people's sins unless we are mourning in penitence at our own. James is saying, yes, take action. To be a doer of the word is to take action out there by saying, look, with the same zeal, with the same passion, with the same conviction with which you take action out there, we must also be taking action in here. James is saying, if you're a Christian, you you can't pick and choose. It's both and. It's matters of social justice and matters of personal holiness, keeping oneself unstained from the law. And to to illustrate this, I thought what we're gonna do is we're gonna have some fun. Uh, We, in the middle of a preach, we're gonna take a quiz. That's right. Ooh, did I hear that in Hove Noise? We're going to take a quiz in the middle of a preach. And this quiz is about, uh, well, if you as a site are hearers of the word, or if you as a site are doers of the word, okay? So first question. In his 10th of October 2021 message entitled Your Friends, Joel Virgo said this, God wisely counsels us to think about friendships. And while it's possible to drift into good friendships, It's also, it would seem, just as possible to drift into bad ones. So to simply drift into friendships is not wise. Which friendships will you nurture and invest in? Jesus spent the night praying before he chose his 12 closest friends. So assuming you heard this, you may not have heard it, you may not have been here for it, but assuming you heard this, were you a hearer of the word? 
or were you a doer of the word? Did you reconsider your friendships? Did you think about the, 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 the handful of people that you want to really do life with, the handful of people that you want to go and up, up to them and say, look, would you mind just speaking into my life? Feel, I want to give you freedom to speak, speak to me about stuff in my life and perhaps I can have that same freedom with you. Did you consider who you want to do accountability with? Were you a hearer of the word or a doer? Okay, that's the first question in the quiz. Second question. Stephen Dawson, in his 21st November message entitled, Who is your neighbour? said the following. Do I have to give money to every homeless person? Do I need to source a coffee for them? Do I have to stop and have a conversation with every homeless person in the middle of Brighton? Do what you can do. What can you make time for? Jesus would stop and talk to people even at the cost of another person's life. Sometimes we think the situations in our lives are life and death while Jesus was actually in those situations and still chose to stop. Now, aside from the fact that Stephen speaks so fast, I had to slow the recording right down to be able to kind of get every single word that he actually said there. Were you a hearer of the word or were you a doer of the word? Uh, since he preached that a few months ago, have you uh, reconsidered how you approach the homeless in and around Hove and Brighton and other places? And the final question of our quiz. In his 7th November message entitled Your Crush, Matt Carvel, when speaking about couples who are unmarried but dabbling in a, a sexual union, said the following. How about instead of messing around with relationships, you find someone and commit to them for life? And how about you marry them and promise to love them every single day? And how about you raise your kids in that environment to do the same? And how about when things are tough, you work it out? He went on to say, does your conduct in this area reflect your preferences or does it reflect the glory of God and what he's like? Dear friends, assuming you heard that, were you a hearer of the word or a doer of the word? Did it provoke change in your life? Now that's the end of our quiz. Uh, top up your scores. Um, it's, it's, it's Hove uh, versus Oasis to see which site is the, 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 the godliest and the best uh, doers of the word. And the winner of the quiz is, drumroll please, Shoreham. Well done, Shoreham. You, you win the prize. You weren't even playing. Uh, those guys in Shoreham, those guys are, are amazing, amazing heroes of the faith, all of them. So uh, sorry to disappoint you, uh, Oasis and Hove, but that's just the way it goes. Now, aside from that being something of an audition for Mastermind for me, um, there was a reason that we did that quiz. Okay, and it wasn't to condemn you, okay? That wasn't at all uh, the intention behind it. Uh, the intention behind it was to display a differing quotes from differing messages, messages focusing on uh, social justice and messages focusing on personal holiness, both and, to be doers of the word, and to see if we really are following through on kind of the words that were preached. And the reality is we may naturally perhaps think, oh yeah, of course I'm a doer of the word, of course I am. But the reality is perhaps we're not so much. Perhaps we're not so much, which means that we need to take James's exhortation here seriously. We really, really do. 
so that if you're here and you're saying something along these lines, well, I'm hearing what the, the preacher's saying today. And uh, yeah, Toby, yeah, he, he's talking about the, uh, the, the super Christians right now. The, the doers of the word, they're the super Christians. They're the people that are like, you know, the church planters. They're the people that are like the, uh, uh, the preachers, the leaders, the elders. Uh, they're the people that really need to take this stuff seriously, to be real doers of the word. You know, the people that, that want on their report card on the judgment day to get the A and get the A+. Plus, you know, the super Christians, they need to really be focused on this. But someone like me, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to be a super Christian. I'm just happy to be an average Christian. I'm happy to have a, a C or a C minus on my, on my report card in heaven. And then that, that's fine. Well, let me say this to you if, you, if you, you think like that. At the judgment day, there won't be three categories. There, there shall be two categories. The three categories won't be, you know, uh, super Christians, normal Christians, and uh, baddies. No, at the judgment day, there will be two categories. Category A, hearers. Category B, doers. And category A will contain uh, famous hearers, but non-doers, such as uh, the Pharisees, uh, such as Judas, such as the demons, and such as Satan himself. Uh, this isn't a category you want to be part of, believe me. No, no, it's not kind of a, a little extra, the icing on the top, a little bit of doing. No, this, this is the, the evidence of salvation. If you truly are a Christian, you will, you will decide and take action <laughs> when you hear the word of God preached. Uh, moreover, if nothing else, if you're a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, it's rude. Very theological. To be a hearer and not a doer is rude. It's, it's to be irreverent. It's to be, it's to be contemptuous. Because to be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word is akin to when you call up the utility company or the internet provider or someone else and, and you're calling them to report a problem. A problem that you want them to do, do something about. Uh, you know how it goes, they speak to you for a few minutes and then they place you on hold. And after about 10, 15, 20 minutes on hold, you start to realise, hang on a sec, this person just placed me on hold and they, they, they have no intention of actually doing anything. They're just keeping me hanging. <laughs> uh, they're hoping, what they're hoping is that I just, I drop it. I drop the call. Just, oh, I get fed up, I drop it. Uh, therefore, to be a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word, to, to hear preachers and messages week in, week out, and not do something about them, not follow through, not take action in your life, is the equivalent of, of, of getting a call from God and saying, oh yeah, thanks Lord, I'm just going to place you on hold, here you go. And put him on hold, and put him on hold for, for seven days, uh, seven weeks, seven months, seven years, 70 years, and hope that God will just drop it. Oh, I can't be bothered. Oh, yeah, I forget about it. Oh, drop it, is it? I tell you, that's, that's not the way things work. Not with the Father. Therefore, let me say this. James would say to some of us in this room, James would say to some of us in this room, when the word of God is preached, some of you, you just don't listen. Just don't listen. Why does it say that in the Bible? Well, this is what it says in verse 19. Let every person be quick to hear. 
quick to hear. Uh, maybe you are a person that comes to church or, or listens online every so often. There isn't this kind of uh, desire, determination, urgency even to hear the word of God, to have it in you. Or maybe uh, you're the opposite. Maybe you do come every week to, to church or listen online, as we, you know, however you're listening. But you say things like this after the service. Oh, yeah, that, that message really, it really blessed me today. Oh, yeah, it was a real blessing today. No, James would say the hearing is not the blessing. The blessing, the real blessing is in the doing. James would say to some of us, when you hear the word of God preached or after you hear it preached, you talk too much. Why does it say that? Again, verse 19. Let every person be slow to speak. What does that look like? Well, you could say something like this after the message. Well, well, it wasn't as good as last week, was it? Oh, yeah, he said this, but he should have said it like this, and he should have gone this way, and, or, or I would have done it like this, or, or he, he's no Tim Keller. He's, he's no Terry Virgo, is he? James would say, dear friend, brother, sister, be slow to speak. Receive the word of God implanted. Uh, James would say to some people watching right now, that brother, sister, when you hear the word of God preached, some of you get offended and you shouldn't get offended. What does it say that? Again, verse 19 of chapter 1 of James. Let every person be slow to anger. Slow to get offended. Perhaps some of you, you, you get offended, particularly perhaps when we're talking about matters of sexual ethics, matters of gender, matters of identity, uh, these kinds of subjects, perhaps others. Perhaps you hear messages like that and you, you go online or, or you think, oh, I must send an email about this. Or James would say, no, 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 no. Let every person be slow to anger, slow to be offended. Why? Because God the Father reveals himself as a God that is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and mercy, which means we cannot receive from God one thing and dispense another. And if I might be so bold, if I haven't already, there'll be some people watching right now that say, oh yeah, no, that's that, go get them. Oh, go get him. Yes, that's, that's right. You're not talking, he's not talking about me, but yeah, people need to hear this. He's not talking about me. He's not talking about me. Well, let me say this. If you're saying that, I am talking about you. Or more importantly, James is talking about you. That's, that's the surefire way to know if, you, if I'm talking about you. I am. If you're saying that, I am. You hear that? Those are all of my invitations to lunch from Oasis and Hove uh, disappearing out the window right there. <laughs> I told you the Book of James was like a shot of vodka. Um, perhaps some of you wish you could have a shot of vodka right now. But dear friends, I, 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 being honest, the reality is this. <laughs> there is an enemy that seeks to devour he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And if you're saying in your heart or in your mind, and you often even say in your heart or mind, when the Bible is preached, oh, he's not talking about me, you may just be low-hanging fruit for him. It's one of the, the devil's tools in his toolbox. It's like 
it's not even like his power tool. He doesn't even have to like charge it. It's like, you know, the power tool. He, this is like his spanner. It's just easy for him. It's like, oh yeah, make, make them think uh, that the preacher's not talking about them. Oh yeah, that, that, that. it's easy for him. He's looking, he's seeking actively to prevent us from doing the word of God. And that's just one of his tools and we need to be careful. We need to be wise to his schemes. But the real reason that God wants you to be a doer of the word, uh, let me say, put it like this. The real reason God wants you to be a doer of the word is because he's autocratic, uh, because he's a control freak, because he's got self-esteem issues, because he just wants everybody to do everything that he says and he's not very fun. <laughs> no, that's not the real reason. That's the reason so often we think, or subconsciously anyway. This passage liberates us, it frees us, it gives us, uh, it should make you happy. <laughs> because it says the real reason that God wants you to be a doer of the word is because he wants to bless you. He delights. He delights in blessing you. This is what it says. But a doer of the word, excuse me, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed. Will be blessed in his doing. He will be blessed in his doing. And I guess you might say, oh, okay, blessings. Okay, God's promising blessings. If I do the word, I'll be blessed. But perhaps Christianity is like one of those uh, religions uh, whereby, uh, like the other religions, uh, where it, it wants you to be controlled. It wants you to conform. It wants to put you in a box. It wants you to be good. And it, and it does this by these kind of vague and opaque promises of, of blessing. Well, if that's your question, I would say, actually, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> and there are a number of ways I would love to answer that. But for the sake of time, let me answer it this way. A number of years ago, I, uh, in my, I found myself in London. I was in my early 20s. Um, and um, uh, uh, I found myself in Tottenham, in Haringey in Tottenham. And uh, I was in a church planting situation. Uh, I was considering leaving Brighton here and, uh, uh, and going and joining that sort of church plant um, uh, in, in Tottenham. And, and being uh, an Arsenal fan, um, I, I know of nowhere in, in London where uh, people are more deceived. Um, so much so that uh, we were actually considering um, planting the church in the, the center circle uh, of White Hart Lane, uh, because I know a number of sick people uh, visit that, uh, that stadium. Uh, no, sorry, no, I, uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, uh, uh, Dave Brading's uh, up in his arms and, and cheering and, and, and whooping right now. Um, no, I, 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 was in, I was in Tottenham and I was considering joining a, a church plant there and leaving Brighton. And what happened was this, right? There was a situation whereby the church plant was having like this kind of missions week type situation and the whole church was, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, going out onto the streets. And, and so that's what happened. So I joined them for a few days and uh, we went out and prayed for people on the street and, and we preached the gospel to the, to, the, to the homeless. And I tell you, some of the most amazing things happened <laughs> in, in that time. Uh, I saw a woman um, that was hobbling in on a, on a crutch and we, we, we prayed for her and she was completely, she, I remember her, just this image of the woman <laughs> jumping up and down on the foot that she, she couldn't put weight on and, and she didn't need the crutch anymore. More, and many other such uh, situations uh, and, and healings. And uh, what happened was, I've told this story before, but one of the leaders came up to me in, in, in that time and he asked me how things were, were going. He said, what do you think about all this stuff? And I was like, honestly, this is absolutely amazing. I've never seen anything like this before. This is, this is amazing. Uh, and he said, okay, so what do you think God is saying to you, Toby? 
about joining us, joining this church plant. And I said to him, do you know what? I, I really feel um, like this is really thrilling. <laughs> like this is New Testament stuff. You know, I, we're doing the stuff that I see in the Bible. And, 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 and I, but, but part of me really wants the, wants the peaceful life, the quiet life, the peaceful life. And, and there's a gang over there. And there's, we think there's a gang over there. And we're in the middle sort of doing ministry here. And it, it's, we're kind of on the front line on the edge. And it is exciting. But part of me really wants the, the, the peaceful life. I just remember him smiling at me and saying, Toby, do you want to know what the peaceful life is? He said, the peaceful life is to hear the word of God and obey it. That is the life in which there is much peace. And if you are wondering, thinking, oh, what's the blessing? These blessings, they're a bit vague, a bit kind of, what, what are they? I can't grab them. I tell you, a blessing that is very real is if you are a doer of the word, you will be a person, <laughs> a recipient of much peace. I'm not talking about external peace. I'm talking about a peace that's internal, a peace that may even surpass all understanding. So, dear friend, what is it for you? What is it for you? What, what has God been asking you to do? I tell you, to, to start to choose to be a doer of the word is to choose a clear conscience. It is to choose a life of real, deep and meaningful peace. And let me end on, on by saying this. James talks about um, being uh, quick to hear, slow to speak, and, and slow to anger. Well, I say this, that Jesus is the ultimate doer of the word. Jesus was the one that was quick to hear. He came down from heaven <laughs> to be amongst us and to hear our cries up close and personal. He, he healed the sick. He, 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 he listened to the cry of the widow and the orphan. Uh, he, he, he didn't just hear, it, hear people and it goes in one ear and out the other. No, but he did something. He healed all that came to him. He cast out demons. He cleansed lepers. He was the ultimate hero. I tell you, there's no one else in the cosmos that is a better listener than Jesus. Jesus was, uh, was quick to hear. But Jesus was also slow to speak. And I don't mean slow to speak in relation to kind of in preaching or teaching, by no means. But Jesus was slow to speak in relation to his trial. He was accused of many things and they brought false witnesses and he could have reviled back. He could have been like, oh, who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? Uh, by no means. The Bible actually says, like a lamb led to the slaughter, he did not utter a word. Uh, Jesus isn't just, wasn't just slow to speak there at the, in his trial. He's slow to speak against you. He's not like a boss that's a mean boss that says, oh, why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? Oh, you could have done that better. Just talking, 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 talking in your ear. No, in that regard, Jesus is slow to speak. And this is perhaps the best one of all, and I'll end on this. <laughs> it's amazing. Jesus, Jesus is slow to anger. I'll tell you this, on the cross, or before the cross, he was betrayed by one of his very own disciples. He did not get angry. He was let down by one of his other disciples. He did not get angry. He went to his trial again, a, a completely ridiculous trial. He did not get angry. He, he would ultimately have nails put his hat through his hands and through his feet. He did not get angry. 
They would spit at him, shout at him, curse him from a distance. He was marred beyond human recognition. He did not get angry. Instead, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I tell you, if you're a believer, it takes a lot to get Jesus angry. Why? Because he's slow to anger. Therefore, if you're here and you have and you've not done the will of God and you've put God on hold, I tell you this, Jesus, he's not angry with you. He took the anger of God himself so that there'd be none left, the judgment. And while the book of James is a book that emphasizes the doing of the word, there is another book of the Bible that emphasizes a man that just didn't do the word of God, that went the opposite direction, but then says, and the, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. You need to hear that God, he gives you through his grace, through faith in Jesus, another a fresh opportunity to be a doer of the word, a fresh opportunity to receive great peace today. So friend, join us, join me. Let's all together, not just be hearers, but follow through in the grace of God and be doers. Let me pray quickly. Father, I thank you so much for your son. Forgive us, Lord, where we have been hearers and put you on hold. But I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't say after this message, I was blessed, unless we do. So Lord, be with us as we seek now in your strength and your power to do your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.